Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's good to see you. Can you see me now? Sweet. So good to be seen. Uh, welcome. We've got another special service this morning. Uh, they gave me another week off, so yeah. So today is vacation day for me, Enjoying, going to enjoy that. But we've got uh, Belize team that's going to be sharing with us today. Uh, super excited to hear from them. Whoop. So they, uh, you guys have been back, what, two weeks now? Three weeks? Two weeks? Oh, my gosh. So that it is, this is fresh for them, right? It's still kind of stirring in them. It's not totally settled out yet. So uh, great, uh, you know, one of the... The sweet aspects of uh, this church, I think, is that we get we d we actually send a lot of folks, like in different short term, or we know people. We got people overseas. We got you know, I mean, last week Sultan and Elizabeth were here. They're getting ready to go move to Syria. We've you know got uh, Sarah Lahorn, who's over uh, in uh, in Iraq, and uh, anyway, so we have a lot of different folks in our church that have either been here for a while and then went out on the mission field full time, or we get to send them out regularly. And we've got another trip actually coming up. You might hear more about this later on today, but Sacramento trip that we're sending uh, at in June. We're going to go to Sacramento and work with an Arab church uh, there, working with immigrants, doing VBS and some other building projects and that kind of thing. So that's coming up. And uh, But one of the great things is after sending people out is when they come home and we get an opportunity to hear what the Lord has been doing. Uh, and so... I'm excited what the, what God has for us today in this service and and uh, uh, how He's impacted these individual lives, but also how He's going to now impact our life and other lives as they begin to share what God has been doing uh, in in and through them and at this uh, during this trip. So, uh, with that, I think they're coming up. We've got uh, they're doing pretty much the whole service, and they've got some songs. All the songs that we're going to be singing today were songs they did in Belize, uh, either for VBS or for uh, the, just uh, worship time with the church. Uh, and so they're going to be helping us uh, lead, lead those songs as well. Uh, I would imagine it's going to require some of us to do, do, are there some actions that we have to do on occasion? Sweet. So dive in, you know, uh, you know engage. Uh, you know, if you're supposed to raise your hand, raise your hands. If you're supposed to turn around, turn around. It's going to be great. Uh, anyway, so, uh, so they're going to lead the whole thing. So we're going to do that. They're going to come up and do a couple songs. Xavier, it's uh, Pastor Xavier. Xavier and Sophie, they're last Sunday with us, and so they're going to do, Xavier's going to do announcements, and then we're going to lay on hands on them and send them out and pray for them, and so we'll do that here in just a minute, and then the, the, rest, of the, the rest of the day is all the Belize crew, all right? So Belize crew, you're, you're up, you're on. If everybody could please stand, um, one of our first songs that we're going to do is, uh, it was one of our favorites um, when, we did when we did VBS in Belize, so it requires you to move, you know, it'll be wake you up a little bit, um, and so with that we're going to sing Oh Happy Day, yeah. The 
started we have one more VBS song that the kids loved that we would all like you to join us with again okay the reason 
slow down, Hallie. Let me take a look. Hmm. Did you try turning it off and turning it back on again? It should be running already. Oh, hello! Cosmo, you're on! Huh? Oh, uh, hey everyone! I'm Cosmo, and these are my friends. You've already met them. Hello! hello. We've got some really exciting news for you today. It's time to sign up for Sizzlin' Summer Kids Camp again! That's right, Hallie. This year's theme is stellar. It's a fun-filled adventure through space where your kids will learn how they can shine Jesus' light into the world. We've got lots of fun crafts and games planned. And I heard there'll be snacks. And singing and dancing, too. We even have a special preschool program for the extra little stars. It's going to be out of this world. Whoa! Sorry I'm late, everyone. When does VBS take place again? I want to be extra early for that. We're dropping into your solar system in the last week of June. That's June 26th through 30th. Camp starts at 9 a.m. and goes till noon. That's three hours of non-stop fun. And three hours of learning how to shine Jesus' light. Now that's an event. I can't wait to meet everyone in June. Wow, that's just around the corner. Be sure and sign up today and... Keep shining Jesus' light! Hello. So before I started, I had two things to say about Sean. Both of them are really good, okay? <laughs> First one is, I mean, with all the weeks that he hasn't been up here, like, what does he even do? You know? <laughs> Just... The second one is, since Bob and I are not going to be here, uh, you guys really need to help keep him uh, down to earth, you know? <laughs> Let him go too long, and you'll see where he goes. <laughs> right, right, humility. I'm just kidding. I love you, Sean. I'll be I'll miss messing with you. Uh, it's one of the highlights of doing announcements. I don't really like getting in front of people, but like it's fun to just talk about Sean. Uh, but anyways, so before I go on, um, I have a couple of announcements for you guys. Obviously, um, Sizzlin' Summer's happening with Stellar. So the first person who shouted is the one you want to talk to, and also Lorena Babcock. Um, it is happening June 26th through the 30th, and first of all, sign up, but also we need volunteers. So if you loved dancing and clapping and everything like that and playing air guitar like we did just a minute ago, then make sure you sign up and do that. It's going to be awesome. VBS, even if you don't, yeah, even if you just want to stand there and just look like almost upset, but you still love kids, you know? <laughs> Like, do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There'll be snacks. That's what I heard, right? <laughs> um, the other... Oh. So I'm actually quite ashamed of Sean for not coming up with this name. But Cinco de Bunco is happening. <laughs> I'm, I was actually very disappointed this morning. I was like, did you not do this? And he's like, no. And I was like, wow. I'm, I'm actually kind of sad. But this... Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, ma that makes sense. Wait, so then, who's the start of that? <laughs> now I'm questioning things. <laughs> but it's a ladies' event. So, um, Sean, you're not allowed. Uh, but it'll be at May, or on May 5th, obviously, um, at 6.30 in the Fellowship Hall. So if you want to be a part of that, it's going to be awesome. Um, I played Bunko once. 
And it was really fun, but I didn't understand what was going on half of it. And then when I did, I realized how bad I was losing. And I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> just, just don't go against Lydia. I don't know what it is, but she, like, can't lose. Um, it, yeah. I feel like she hides, like, stuff in her sleeves, you know? Right, Laura? <laughs> um, and then my last announcement for you guys is uh, if you want to be an extra in the movie Miracle Mile that's being filmed by Luke, um, then it will be here at from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. on May 6th. So after you're done partying with Bunko, you can come be an extra here. Um, it'll be awesome. It will be world-renowned at some point. So then, you know, you can say, I was right there. Like, I was in that movie. And it would be so cool. Um, I think Aaron sent an email with all the information of, like, what to wear and what not to wear. If you have any of those questions, you can email the email down there. Or um, you can ask Aaron and Luke. Uh, so that is all of my announcements for you guys. Um, one last thing. You guys have been an amazing church. And this week has been very hard for me. Um, yeah, it was weird. Uh, Sophie said something and then it made me really like, I start crying. Um, but like when we left youth group on Wednesday, she's like, that's the last time we lock up. That's the last time Sean tells me to lock the youth room. <laughs> like it's the last time we played games with our kids. That's the last time we, I got to talk in front of them. Like that was all of those lasts. And I kind of posted about it, but like it, it really hit and it's weird. Um, it still doesn't feel real. And I know it is, but it's weird. And I've loved you guys so much. It has been a pleasure and a joy to be your youth pastor and to um, just be here for you guys and to love on you guys and also be loved on by you guys. Um, you guys are amazing. And I know whoever comes next and everyone that enters this church will be blessed by all of you, just like I have. So um, the other thing is for the youth, please Meet me in the youth room uh, one last time after church. It'll be awesome. I just want to, like, get pictures with you guys and hang out and talk to you for a minute. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for being amazing and for uh, taking a chance on a person who didn't know what he was doing in COVID and only yelling at me slightly. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot of yelling. <laughs> but I will miss this, guys. You are awesome. Sean? We love X-Men. Yes, it's been uh, it's been great. Uh, I've uh, second guessed myself several times uh, over the last few months, but uh, so but it's certainly God's will in all of this, and we're excited for where you're got, you're headed and all that. So we want to pray for you and Sophie. So Sophie, would you come up? And uh, if uh, oh yeah 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 we got good photo. <laughs> Um, anyway, so I would love for uh, some of you, uh, maybe if you guys have gotten to know uh, Sophie and Xavier, especially if you could come forward, we would love to lay hands on them and pray for them. Uh, and uh, if you uh, don't want to come forward, that's fine. You could even just stand where you're at. And uh, sometimes people can extend a hand forward. You want to do that? You can. Or let's just join us in prayer. And I'm going to ask uh, several folks, uh, let's see, let's get uh, two people to pray. Riley, would you pray? And um, who else do I ever want here? Steve, uh, Steve. There's no Steve up here. Is there? Is there Steve around? Steve. <laughs> Holy Spirit said Steve was supposed to come, but he didn't show today. So, 
I don't even know who Steve is. Anyway, Rick is going to pray, and then Mike is going to close. Mike Kuiper will be the last. So uh, let's pass this down to Riley, and then we can. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Um, thank you so much for Xavier and Sophie. Thank you for the love that they've poured out on me and on the youth and on everybody in this room. Um, I just pray that your blessing would be upon them. Um, as I prayed on Wednesday, would your face shine upon them? Would you give them peace? Uh, would you be gracious to them and everything? Um, God, I just ask that you would, yeah, give them excitement, give them energy as they go into the next stage of life, and we'll remember them forever, and we'll cherish the memory of them forever. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your son and daughter, Xavier and Sophia, our brother and sister. Lord, we pray that you would lead them and guide them, draw them closer to yourself and pave the way for them as they go on to their next ministry. May you be lifted up and glorified in their lives as they seek to love each other and to love you and to love those to whom they minister in your name, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that we can be part of your kingdom, Lord, and we thank you that we can serve your kingdom, and we thank you for this servant, Xavier, and we thank you for the blessings that he's brought, Lord, and we just celebrate. As we celebrate him, we also celebrate Belize. We also celebrate the fact that we can, we can celebrate and we can serve you wherever we go, and we ask that you would bless the rest of this service, bless Belize, uh, the ones who share, and uh, may they encourage us as we serve wherever we go. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So our kids, first through fifth grade, you at this time are dismissed to head over to our children's center. And middle school and high school, you're all going to stay in here and uh, participate in this service uh, as the Belize team shares. And Joe, do we have another video, or are you on right now? I'm on. Oh, nice. So, do you need me to pray for you, or? <laughs> no. Anyone else would have been fine. Okay, church. Um, just to get it out of the way, if you ask any of us how the trip was, we'll either say, unbelievable. And then, did you have fun? We'll say, you better believe it. So I just wanted to get those out of the way. Okay. Okay, so um, I'm tasked with opening uh, a time of uh, us being able to share one of the challenges. One of the challenges with being on a mission trip is, um, see, Caleb, this is how you're supposed to hold it. I was not like this, like this. Okay. One of the challenges with... Uh, being on a trip is coming back and not having that shared experience with your family and friends. And so we're going to give you a glimpse into uh, the week that was in Belize. And, uh, but just to open, um, the thoughts that uh, the Lord brought to my mind um, was how, how God was so faithful and active in that week, leading up to the week and during the week and after. And so uh, the questions that I, I wrote for us are, um, are we open to the Holy Spirit's movement? Are we noticing how God is active? Are we participating in God's active work? And 
Are we seeing the new ways that God is working in our lives? So uh, the passages of scripture that came to mind um, were Acts 1.8, the last words recorded of our Lord and Savior uh, before he ascended into heaven. And I'll read that to you. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. And so um, we feel like Belize isn't that remote, but it is re more remote, right? It's uh, fulfilling Christ's um, commission there before he went to heaven. And then in Hebrews 11, a few verses, verses 19 through 25. <clears throat> Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So I'm hopeful that what is shared with you today will, will do verse 24, will complete that verse in us. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. And so um, a few more reflections in the opening here is that um, Eric and I, this was our seventh time taking a short-term trips to Belize. And this was the most challenging time we've had. Um, let me list some challenges. And others will elaborate on some of these. The barking dog. Oh my gosh. All night, every night, right outside our hotel windows. And uh, that really helped with our rest. So exhaustion was a challenge. Um, and of course, Erica, if you haven't heard, my wife, who's so organized, grabbed an expired passport and had to delay a day coming. Um, and she might elaborate on that a little bit more. Um, but of course, Rick Comerick was our hero and drove it down to Oakland to her because she wasn't feeling well. Um, we had some difficulties entering. We always take, when we have unaccompanied minors, we have a notarized form from the parents saying it's okay for them to go. Never been asked for or checked. Um, it was asked for and checked, and we thought one of them was lost for a while, and there were other things like that. Um, the dog was barking again. Okay. Um, Micah almost cut his finger off. Micah. Um, on the way home, three of our team from Mount Shasta had to be kicked off the airplane in Houston and spend an extra night because of illness. Never had that happen before. Um, the bus kept breaking down. And the dog was barking every <laughs> night. I mean, it was like, you know how babies have that piercing cry? It was worse than that. Um, OK. So there were all kinds of these things. Um, but like our VBS, um, even though the evil one meant it for evil, God used so many of those things for good. Um, and God's faithfulness and answers to prayers were evident throughout the week. Um, 
more fruit than we've ever seen in any of our trips that we can remember. We had four adults confess uh, and accept Christ and two children. Um, the, the team unity was wonderful. We had a baptism. Um, the love we got to show and receive from the Belizeans was just palpable. Um, the service attitude, I just want to call out how these young folks, without being asked, would clear the dishes at the meals and help wash the dishes and help bring the food out and that sort of thing. Nobody mentioned anything to them. They just jumped in and decided to do that stuff for us tired old people. <laughs> so, um, so the last thing I want to do is just lay the groundwork for you to paint the picture of the, of the week. So this is the week in brief with 24 team members, 10 here from TAC, five of the Leopard family um, from Virginia, moving to Washington now, right? Um, nine from Mount Shasta First Baptist Church. And uh, from Mount Shasta was Erica's sister and brother-in-law and their people. So we all were connected somehow, but the team came together amazingly well. So after a very, very long travel day, getting up at 3 a.m., um, we arrive uh, Saturday and uh, get through, finally through customs, and then we have to take the bus two and a half hours to the other side of the Belize, almost to Guatemala. Right? Guatemala. Okay, not Honduras. Remembering my geography. And um, of course, you all know about the big bike race, don't you? <laughs> Tim, you know about the national bike race in Belize every Easter weekend? Well, the winner was Belizean, international bike race. We got caught in the parade. <laughs> Five miles of about two miles an hour, everyone waving at, at us. We, we're in the bus and we can't pass or anything. So um, we got in really late um, because of that. So that was a good, good end of the first day. Um, Sunday, we, we get up early. We have devotions as a team. We had, went to three church services. They did adult Sunday school and children's Sunday school in the morning. There was a time for some social activity, swimming in a river with the church, folks that came along and that sort of thing, while a couple of us went to get Erica. And um, just calling that out, Erica. <laughs> um, then evening service, a wonderful evening service, and um, go to bed tired, and the barking dog all night. <laughs> Monday up early, 7 o'clock devotions, a VBS in the morning while another part of the team is doing construction work. Um, so a little bit of street evangelism in the afternoon, youth ministry, and um, our youth meeting Monday night, and sports activities with a gospel presentation by um, Kevin, the pastor you met here last November. And then uh, to bed, and then Tuesday, after the dog was barking all night, uh, we get up at 7, have devotions. Again, I didn't say ride the bus to breakfast, then to the church. Uh, VBS, we did some food purchasing so that we could distribute it to the homes. Um, some home visits happened that day. Um, in the evening, there was a teaching on marriage by some of the uh, married couples that were along. Um, no, I can't read what I wrote there. Oh, and we did get a little side visit to the Mayan ruins about 20 minutes away. Um, amazing uh, 
experience to see some of those um, and get a guided tour of that area and see a big tarantula. That was pretty cool. Okay. Um, go to bed tired, listen to the dog bark every hour. Up uh, Wednesday for devotions, VBS, more construction, late into the night that day to get it as much done as possible. Um, our medical doctor from Mount Shasta did a clinic for about 15 Belizeans, helped just basic blood pressure, blood sugar, all those kinds of things, giving them lots of advice. It was a well-attended thing. Uh, we set up a youth store. There was some, uh, a bunch of donated things, uh, clothes and jewelry and handbags and different things that um, were brought down, and that was such a big hit. The youth had been rewarded for since November for participating in different events with little coupons, and they could come by like a garage sale type of a thing. And it was really fun to see them uh, really like that. And uh, then we had our closing uh, night with the church, got up early Thursday, traveled two and a half hours, got on a boat to Key Cocker, that's the island, um, got to do a little snorkeling, some of us, some of us rested. Um, had a wonderful baptism service, which you'll hear more about, and a great team debriefing meeting. Got up early on Friday, not too early, and uh, after the best cinnamon rolls in the world. Did people have some of those cinnamon rolls? I had one. Um, <laughs> got on the boat and traveled back home. Got in about 11 p.m. We decided to get a hotel and then came home that morning of Saturday. So that's the week in brief. Some of you hear these things and can picture it. Some of you just see me doing this. And so we have a slideshow for about four or five minutes to give you pictures of everything I just described. I feel the blood rushing through my veins. I'm ready for change. They keep telling me to stay in my lane, but it's screaming my name. My heart is racing, the elements we're facing. Got us pushing through the night. But when we come together, we'll journey to the morning light It's our destiny, no separating us cause we're family Beautiful together, I do believe We can do anything in this name
taking all that we are and binding it forever. Have together, never severed us so much deeper than the skin. We're in our creed, our culture, even our names. Fall straight into the shadows of the depths of how we relate. A body, a family, different parts, but one and the same. Spiritual shame, it cannot clench us, cause the love we have is different. You can say what you say, but nothing can stand in the way. The rising on the horizon, open your eyes to a new day.
Okay, so one of our um, favorite things, um, well, one of the favorite songs that we did in Belize, um, it wasn't necessarily during VBS, but um, let me just tell you a little bit about the worship in Belize. Imagine like massive speakers, a little taller than Joe, okay? <laughs> blasting music like everybody on the street can probably hear this music right there's there's a ton of them just blasting nobody cares what they sound like all they want to do is worship the lord which is awesome and so one of our favorite songs was god's not dead no he's alive and it goes a little something like this and we'd like you guys to join me so if everybody could stand up that'd be wonderful and our wonderful team is going to demonstrate so it goes God's not dead. Oh, no. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel it in my hands. I feel him in my feet. Bum, bum, bum. Feel it in my heart. Bum, bum, bum. Feel it in my soul. Woo! Feel him all over me. Bum, bum. So what you do is, you know, God's not dead. He's alive. And you feel it in your hands, and you're going to clap. When you feel them in your feet, you're going to stomp really loud. When you feel them in your heart, you're going to pound your chest. Boom, boom, boom. When you feel them in your soul, woo! You're very excited. And then you're going to feel Jesus all over you. Okay? So we're all going to do it. There's a lot of hip action in this movement. So would you demonstrate? Yes. Okay? Okay. So you have to get the hips moving side by side or you are not being Belizean. Uh, is to be very, very loud and to shout it out as loud as you can. In honor of that. In honor of the Belizeans. Okay. Okay. Ready? Okay. Here we go. Five, six, seven, eight. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. Boom, boom, boom. Feel it in my heart. Boom, boom, boom. Feel him in my soul. Woo! Feel him all over me. Dun, dun. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel it in my head. Feel it in my feet. Feel it in my heart. Boom, boom, boom. Feel it in my soul. Woo! Feel it all over me. Two more times. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel it in my hands. I feel it in my feet. Feel it in my heart. Boom, boom, boom. Feel it in my soul. Woo! Feel it all over me. Last time. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. God's not dead. No, he's alive. I feel it in my head. I feel it in my feet. Feel it in my heart. Feel it in my soul. Now all of you should be awake, <laughs> like really awake. All of you should be really, really awake. 
<laughs> okay. Um, hi, uh, my name is Lydia Kulmerik, um, and I am going to be sharing with you guys my experience of Belize. Uh, first of all, I want to thank all of you for supporting us um, to get there. We are so, so grateful for our experience there, and so we just want to give, the, first of all, the praise um, and the glory be to God for us going there. I mean, that was just so amazing for us to go, but also um, to all of you, whether it was supporting us in prayer, I mean, that was huge. We really needed that prayer or um, financial means um, or just, you know, going out and we had those little keychains that said pray for Belize. All of that meant so much to us and it really showed when we got there. Um, like Joe mentioned earlier, we had a lot of stuff that happened on the trip, you know, the dog, he mentioned like 8 million times, but it was true. The dog was really annoying. Um, so, but um, prayer was huge for me on this trip. Before we went, um, we all gathered at the church before we left, and, oh, now I can hear myself, okay. We all gathered at the church, and we all prayed, and at the end of the prayer, um, Pashan, Pashan, um, he, um, he felt the Lord give him words for each of us. So, um, for example, Joshua's word was gentleness. Um, Caleb's was cur cur courage. And uh, Maya's was boldness. Um, and my word was peace. And my first thought was, <laughs> I have peace. I'm so ready for this trip. Let's go. I'm ready. And I just kind of brushed it off. I was like, eh, I'm not going to think about it too much. And... Um, we got there, and just so many things were happening. I'm like, man, the, the devil does not want us here at all. Like, we're probably going to do something so spectacular. No wonder Satan is attacking us in so many different ways. Like, it was just silly things. Like, we would just have these silly worries. Like, what if our team doesn't connect well? And what if we can't? And... And for some reason, I felt peace this entire time. And I'm a pretty anxious person. I, I tend to get um, anxiety and panic attacks quite often um, over the smallest little things. And that has been, um, it can be quite heavy sometimes. And during the whole entire trip, I felt immense peace through every single thing that we did. We got there, the bus broke down. All I could think was, God's in control, you know. This is not a surprise to him. This is a part of his plan. He's going to use this for something. I did not worry at all. I just sat there, and I felt peace, and I had never experienced that much peace in my whole entire life. I like to be busy and doing something and going, and we would go to these youth events, and I'd be like, I need to do something, and then I'd just feel this peace wash over me, and I'd sit down, and I'd look all around me, and I'd see every single one of us just loving on the people in Belize, and it was so amazing. I couldn't get my head around the fact that we're all here, we made it here, and look at all these people being so joyful and loving, and I just felt peace just sitting there and watching all of us. And the crazy thing about our team was um, I, I pray in my, in my free time, or, um, and how I like to pray is I just like to talk to God. That's the easiest thing for me. It's easier for me to just be like, oh, I remember what I'm supposed to pray about, and then pray about it right then and there. Um, what was not easy for me was going up to somebody and if they'd share an issue, going up to them and be like, let me pray for you right here and now. I'd say, oh, I'll pray for you. And then I'd pray for them maybe later. Or sometimes I'd forget because we're all very forgetful humans and we do that a lot. Oh, I'll pray for you. And then we go on with our days. Um, but every single person on our team, if anything went wrong, our immediate answer was just to be like, let's pray about it. We, the bus broke down and 
it took us like three minutes. I was like, we should have thought about this earlier. And Caleb was just like, we should pray. And we did. And then the bus started back, right back up. And just crazy things. I was doing VBS and I got thrown into the snack time um, position. I was like, okay, cool. I can do this. And um, my team member, um, Dan, I was like, okay, how do you want to split this up? Let's do this. And he's like, let's pray about it and see where the Lord leads us. And I was like, okay, sure. So <laughs> we prayed about it. And I was like, cool. Okay, so which ones do you want to do? And he's like, let's just see where the Lord leads us. <laughs> and that was so hard for me to get my mind wrapped around. But it was so amazing to see a man who was just so faith-filled that every single decision that he made, he trusted in the Lord. Even the silliest things, he would trust in the Lord and be like, the Lord knows this, you know, let's just go with what Lord leads. And it wasn't blind. It wasn't, you know, um, ignorance. He truly just had so much faith and so much peace flowing through him that he just trusted wholeheartedly in the Lord and what he had for him. And so that was my main thing that I took away was, um, was the prayer and peace. And I'll just share one more thing. I was not planning to speak at all on the trip at all. And um, it was our last kind of night there with the church service. And Kevin, um, kind of our leader with Praying Pelican, he um, came in November. He said, all right, would anybody like to come up and speak? And my hand just ding. And I was like, oh, Lydia, in my brain, you have literally nothing prepared. And I went up there. Again, this immense peace just came over me like nothing I had experienced. I opened up the word of God and I just shared. And I just shared what the Lord was. It was totally God just flowing through me. And so I want to share the, the verse that kept coming up to me um, and that I shared with the church down there, which I believe it's Philippians 4, 6. And it says, do not worry about anything. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And that is just the one thing that I took away. And that, that verse just keeps being reminded to me. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So I encourage you to do the same because God's peace is so much greater than um, you could ever imagine. So now I'd like to welcome Emily up to share about her experience. Um, hi, my name is Emily Erickson. And I would like to share with you about my time and when I went to Belize. So one of the days we went on one of the food delivery ministry things. And if you don't know what that is, it's where you deliver, well, um, like rice, not rice, um, flour, sugar, and beans to people's houses. So on one of those days when we did that, um, we went to this house and this lady there named Yuri um, she had scraped her knee trying to come to the church, and she had scraped it because um, she her eyesight was failing. And so we all prayed for her, and two of the boys helped um, her come back to the church. And when we arrived back, I felt Jesus calling me to go um, talk to her. So I told mom about it, and I think Maya also, but um, they were both like encouraged me, like, go, 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 go go over there, and I was like, I don't want to, I'm terrified. <laughs> and so I went over there, and I sat down next to her, and I shared some of my life story with her about how I should have been blind, and she told me about her life, and so she was telling me about the surgery that she was trying to save up for, so I gave her some money, and then I asked to pray for her. And I did, and then after that, I felt really happy and good for the rest of the day. 
Also, um, I think the Shasta team gave her some money, I think, to help with her surgery. So that was, well, she just got told that. So that was my experience in police. Josh. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Joshua Gusky. And I'd like to thank you all for giving me this opportunity to speak and for your support of our trip, both financially and through prayer. You guys made this trip possible, so thank you. Um, to start off with, um, I've never been out of the country, and when I signed up for Belize, I knew it was gonna be different. I wasn't sure how. So I'm like, okay, we'll go, we'll see what happens. Um, we got there, and there was a lot of differences, but the one thing that really stood out to me was the kids. Um, the first church service that we went to was on Easter Sunday. And you guys heard about the worship, and that was great. And then the last song, um, they had an offering plate at the front of the church, and they invited people to come up as they felt led um, during that last song. And as soon as the pastor said that, like two or three of the kids ran up from the back of the church to throw some change in the offering plate. And that happened like several times throughout the week. And I remember just sitting there looking at that and just shocked at how happy they were to give. And I was convicted. I'm like, how many of us um, are that joyful and consider it that much of a privilege to give to God? Um, and then as we spent more time with the kids at VBS and like the sports night, I realized how content they were to just live in the moment and have fun with what they were doing. And I don't have a ton of experience with kids. I've done a couple of VBSs. But the kids in Belize, so the way our VBS worked, we had different stations that they'd rotate through. And the kids weren't looking for the next station. They were just happy with the station that they were in and how, like, having fun where they were. And that really struck me. And one of the big takeaways um, from Belize for me was that contentment is not based on circumstances. It's a choice. And I've heard that before. I know you guys are thinking, like, we had to send them to Belize to find that out. I, I did know that, I've heard that before, but it really just um, was very apparent in Belize of how happy everybody was. And it wasn't because of what they had, it was because of Christ and their choice to be content. And that's all I have. You guys could all stand. We're going to sing a song. Um, it's the Revelation song. We sing this, I think, like two, two or three times in Belize. Um, and so I just join you to sing it with me and Becky.
last time. Good. Thank you. All the time? God is good. Try it again. God is good. All the time. All the time. Amen. All right. So I have to tell you that my highlight, honestly, was these teenagers. Uh, Joe kind of already alluded to it, but um, I've struggled recently because now mine are teenagers and the uh, just kind of general selfish attitude that that teenagers have uh, it's all about me it's me it's me it's me and it's kind of hard it's kind of hard uh, so but to give you kind of a background I have to tell you real quick what happened to us we went about a week early down there and we had been traveling around and going to these places and we the day before we're supposed to meet with the team we're like three hours out um, from where they're going to be. And my husband, who never does anything irresponsible or makes mistakes, uh, went swimming in a river with the keys to the car. Uh, (laughs) So we lost the keys. um, And to make a very, very long afternoon short, uh, we made a lot of friends. And the Belizeans were amazing. They got their little trucks. If you can just imagine a beat-up little truck, um, and they offered, these people, you have to realize, they make two fifty an hour. Um, it's, gas is still $7 a gallon. It's, it's hard. Um, and these people are offering to take us 45 minutes back to our hotel. Um, and there's, there was never a question, will you pay me? Will you, ask, will you do anything? They just were going to do it. So the, the nine of us, because it's my brother's family and us, uh, we piled into the back of one of those tiny little cars and drove 45 minutes on a dirt road back to the hotel. Uh, we got there, and, um, and then from there, it was finding a, another ride from there to where we were supposed to meet the team. So we called Praying Pelicans, and we're trying to get all that figured out. And then, um, and Kevin, and yes, we're saying the name Keb, Kevin. We're not saying it wrong. That's his name. Okay. Um, Kevin, we get a hold of him, and he's like, I'll come get you. We're like, okay. So he comes out. He said he'd be there at 9. I think it was like 1130 uh, when he finally arrived. And when he pulls up, he's got five other people in the car and stuff in the back of the bed. And I'm like, does he know we have nine people and all of our luggage? Like, and I, was, I just started laughing because I was like, we're in Belize. He had to bring his family to meet us. So... <laughs> 
So we put seven people in the cab, and we put seven people in the back. And I think the picture, that was one of the pictures. And we had all the luggage, and the kids are like hugging water bottles to like fit in. And then we put four giant suitcases on top of the truck itself. But we didn't have straps, so we were using my brother's, um, like the ones that go around the suitcase. We like linked them together and put them around the top of the truck. And he takes off driving down the road. Like, Every time he went over a bump, my brother's standing up, pulling them back onto the top. <laughs> An hour and a half later, purely by the grace of God, we were all safe at the hotel waiting for these guys to arrive. Um, so I, I remember thinking, just driving, and I just remember thinking, wow, what is God going to do on this trip? <laughs> if, if this is what he needs to do to keep us from getting there. Um, and, and then... These guys finally arrive, and these teenagers get on. And I, I was almost like a palpable bleh, um, that I got on the bus, and I could just feel the attitude. And I was like, ugh, <laughs> I do not have time for this, and I do not have the energy. And it was one of those prayers where you're like, uh, this is yours, God. I'm out. <laughs> like, I just could not. So I sat down in the bus, and I love it because... We know for a fact I did nothing. Uh, and, but the next morning we got up after the dog barked. Um, and these guys literally did everything Joe was talking about. It wasn't, nobody said anything. They're looking up. They're seeing the plates on the table. They're collecting all the plates. They're taking them in there. They're washing the dishes. They're seeing everything. Can, hey, can I fill your water bottle back up? Hey, can I, just constant. And I was like, who are these kids? <laughs> and, and, and I was like, okay, okay, it's okay. And I thought, it'll wear off. This will wear off. Give them half a day. It'll wear off. But it didn't. It got better and better. We got to the church, and they're like, oh, kids! And I was like, who? Oh, they're like loving the kids and engaging with the kids, and they just were pouring into everyone. And it was like, we would ask them to do anything, and it wasn't all right. Like, there was no attitude. It was an enthusiastic, sure, I'll do that. They're in the middle of doing something, and we're like, Caleb, you got to stop. We need someone to go shopping with Erica. And he's like, okay, sure, that sounds fun. He jumps in the back of the truck, right? Like, Kylie, stop what you're doing. We need someone to time the stations and take Polaroids of all of these kids. Okay. Like, and they just went, and it was like, it, by the end of the week, they were like, they would see us leaving or walking out somewhere, and they're coming up, and they're like, where are you guys going? What are you going to do? And we were like, well, we're going for street evangelism. Can I come? <laughs> I, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know who these kids are, but I love them very, very much. Um, and and I, I just sat back, I think, like Wednesday or sometime, and I was just like, God, these are your kids. These are your kids, unfettered. Un, unleashed. This is who you've created. This is what you make. And it was beautiful. And I want to take a moment. I know this is, I didn't tell you this. Uh, I want us to pray over these kids because I want that attitude to be sealed into their hearts for the rest of their lives. Because we all know that when we come back from a mission trip, a lot of times we just fall right back into our old habits and those things don't stick. So I'm going to pray protection over them. Um, if you would join me, that would be fabulous. <laughs> so, 
All right. Father, we thank you for these teens. We thank you for these leaders, these people that you are molding into your image. We ask, Lord, that everything that happened from their birth all the way through, but especially on this trip, would be sealed in their hearts and their minds and their souls and their spirits. Lord, that you would cover it with everything that you have, all the authority that you own, that nothing would be able to penetrate it. That Lord, this would become a permanent part of who they are. Pray these things in the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ that covers everything. Amen. All right, that was supposed to be my five minutes. Oh, wait, no, okay, I know. I actually have more. All right, so <laughs> that was just my highlight. Um, but uh, what I do want to share a little bit of what happened with me um, and what went on in my heart. So for the past several years, um, God and I have been in a war, uh, and the war has been over man's approval versus God's approval. Um, and... And I wasn't actually even sure what the whole war was for a long time. Um, but in the last, like, two years, it's been very clear that this is what we're fighting over. Um, and I have laid down and laid down and been like, I finally did it. I laid it all down. I'm seeking God's approval. And then something happens, like, the next week. And I'm like, oh, no. I did that for man's approval. <laughs> yep, okay. And I would confess and do it. And, like, it's just been this battle. And when they all went snorkeling, uh, I decided not to go because I get ear infections every time. Um, and I was sitting in my hotel room and I thought, you know what, God, there's something that's really bothering me that happened on the trip. And, I, and all of a sudden I realized it was bothering me because man's approval of me would have been lowered by it. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? I'm doing that again? Are you, I'm over this. This is stupid. Like, I'm just done. And I, I had this image of... Uh, of these linens that were laid on my chest. And I had linen after linen laid on my chest, right? But, I, but in, the, in the image, the linens were being removed. And I could see that each linen had to be removed one at a time to get them off. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's more. <laughs> like, and I was really getting kind of discouraged. And I felt like God just spoke to my heart and said, hey, no, no. Do you see how few are left? I want you to know we're almost done. And I was like, oh, thank goodness, <laughs> right? But then the, the linens became clear to me and obvious. They, they were medals. They were uh, academic achievements, athletic achievements. They were all of these things um, that were man's approval. And I had liked them. They kept me warm. But now they're holding me back. And so then he started flashing memories of my childhood. This happens to me, by the way, every time we go out of the country. Because giant speakers and really loud people who can't sing. That's me growing up in Africa. Um, so, although the Africans have a way better beat. I will say that. <laughs> uh, so, they keep like 10 beats. The ble mm. uh, so, <laughs> so... Um, I started seeing images of me when I was a child, and I realized every one of them had a theme. I didn't care what other people thought of me um, when I was a kid, and even to the extent of people trying to change me, and I was like, eh, I don't need you to change me, right? Um, and then I could see 30 years of living in America where when we moved here, 
I thought this culture was backwards. Um, I struggled, but at the same time, I was good at everything they valued. And so I learned pretty quickly to shut my mouth. And if I shut my mouth, the accolades would come. And then I didn't have to do anything. Um, and I have to tell you that the last 30 years of walking with God, I, I know most of you know a lot of my story, but there's been really high highs and really low lows. I've seen miracles. I've walked through death. I've walked through a lot of stuff with him. And he's always there. And he's always faithful. And every one of those experiences, everything's been stripped away. And he remains. And I was sitting there, and it was like, God was like, I, I have this for you. I want the teenage Becky to meet the more mature Becky. <laughs> I want the teenage Becky who didn't care what anyone thought to meet, embrace, and combine with the 30, can I say 30-year-old? 30 30-year-old 30 in Christ. Okay, fine. More mature, Becky. And all of those experiences, and I want them to be one. And I want them to walk forward as one. And so I want to tell you that I am declaring to you, because I said, okay, God, here we go, right? Um, that... Not all of you are going to like me anymore. <laughs> and, yes. And not only have I come to terms with that, I don't care. Um, I know that I'm going to be rejected even by Christians. Okay? But God has called me to something. And whatever it is, I don't have time to worry about what you think about me. So... Um, I, and I even wrote this down, not because I'm arrogant, okay, <laughs> because I care what God and his opinion is of me, and I'm not saying I'm never going to struggle with man's approval again. I will always struggle with that. I think it's something that I will always have to fight, but I'm no longer choosing to let it affect me. I'm choosing to be hated disrespected, unloved by people so that I can be loved by Jesus. And I'm done. So I do... <laughs> I have Romans 2.29 is the verse that God really has been bringing to mind lately. He says, no, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. True circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law, Rather, it is a changed heart produced by God's spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God and not from people. So that's my prayer. Maya, Miss Maya. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> oh, also, I forgot, if you guys don't know what MGM means, it means um, Mountain Goat Maya. <laughs> I'm a little mountain goat. <laughs> so, 
This experience was honestly just nothing you could put into words. I have so many stories, so many feelings that I didn't know um, I had. More like revelations, too. Um, just things coming to mind like, oh, man, like, why are we this way? Or why am I this way? Like, seeing things so vividly that I um, did not like about myself. And not in a, like, putting myself down way of, I've let the enemy take a foothold of me, like, in this area of my life. And it's just like, I really don't want that anymore. And a lot of um, me and Becky, we, we talked, um, we talk. And so, <laughs> I know, it's pretty crazy. Um, and I agree so much with her of just man's approval. So there in the forefront of my mind. And it's just like, I just want to grab it. I wish I could just like that. But anyways, um, <laughs> don't laugh at me. <laughs> um, one of the things that I was expecting on the trip, as I was looking through uh, the plan, uh, the, the calendar of what we were going to do, I was like, man, I really hope I'm going to have some time with my friends. I really hope I can connect with them better, which I, I did. I did in, so, in, in some areas. But I thought that was going to be like my favorite part. I don't know why I thought that. It was kind of like, I was coming in, I was like, oh, I don't have any expectations, but I really wanted to do that. But of course, um, God had different plans, and I was just like, being able to experience him more is far more of a gift than I could have with any human being. Um, just experiencing him and realizing how vulnerable, I guess, I really am. Like, just experiencing the, I am so small compared to God, and yet he loves me so much, and he wants to work through me, and everybody he, he's called. Um, he's just... Phenomenal. He's fantastic. <laughs> he's, uh, he's everything that I want, everything I need. Um, like the song said, uh, he, he is my everything. And it's just like to be able to realize that, I guess, even though I've said it my whole entire life, it took this trip, which is a little bit sad to say, but it took this trip to him really be like, Maya. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay. Um, I'm trying to go quick, Joe. I'm sorry. And so, um, Becky, you went long. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> um, one of the experiences I had there was when we were bringing, was the food ministry. And um, I thought it was, okay, first of all, I thought it was kind of funny how Becky was like, wow, I'm so impressed with these kids. And then during the thing, uh, we came into this woman's house, right? And I just immediately felt, she had like two little girls. I just immediately felt like 
I felt like just sad. And it was really quiet and pretty awkward. And I was just like, oh man, I wonder who's gonna speak. I wonder what they're gonna say, kind of thing. And I look at Becky just once like that. And she goes, Maya, I have something to say. And I was like, <sighs> what the heck, Becky? <sighs> and I was so mad. And I look over to Lydia and she goes, don't underestimate the third person in the room, which is the Holy Spirit. And I told her that, and I was like, I knew that already. I was so mad. But also, it was more of I was mad because of fear. I was mad because I didn't feel good enough. I was mad because I had nothing in my head. There was like nothing there. I was, it, it felt empty and I felt vulnerable and I was very humbled. And it's like, the best I can describe it is like just in the forefront of my head, was just like these things that I was like, okay, maybe I do need to speak. I know Becky's right, and know is right. And I, cause I said it, no, I'm just kidding. I told her that, and I'm just, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. And, and I look over to Becky and my tongue felt very tied and I didn't, like, I didn't, I didn't know how to talk. And I was just like, Becky, I don't know how to talk. And she's like, okay. And she prayed over me and she's like, God loosened her tongue. And I thought, I was like, oh yeah, God's gonna be like, woo, and I'm gonna feel it right away. And I didn't, and I was like, oh, kind of scared. But all, like the only thing that, could, that came to my hand, my mind was just like, just trust. I was like, dang it, now I just have to trust even though I didn't feel it right away. I wanted to be like this awesome experience. It was, I don't know why I thought that. In the moment, it doesn't feel like that all the time. Sometimes, from what I experienced. I'm not very old. Um, I don't mean to say things like that. It's just coming out of my mouth. So, so I go over to this person, this, this woman, and um, she only speaks Spanish. So I was like, man, that's that like, communication divider kind of thing. And that's all I could think about. That was another fear that was coming to my head that the enemy didn't want me to talk to her. And... Um, I was just like, I didn't know what to say. And Becky was like, literally pushed me. And I was like, very hurt. She pushed me, I was like, ah, what the, oh, whatever. And so I came and I, and I was like, okay. Uh, and I looked at Ani, who is, a, she's a praying pelican. Um, she's not a pelican. She's, <laughs> she's a native there who's helping and she's married to Kevin. And so I was like, Ani, can you ask her like, what? What do you know about Jesus? And they started talking for a little bit in Spanish, obviously. And it was kind of awkward, and they just kind of like looked at me. And I was like, man, this is so awkward. And I was like, okay. And I, I just remember like look, kind of looking at Becky again. She's like, go. And I was like, she didn't say that out loud, but she said that with her facial expressions. <laughs> and I went and I prayed over her and still felt like nothing there. And I was just like, deep breath. I was like, God, this is all on you because I feel very small right now, spiritually. So I went and I prayed over her and things just came out of my mouth. And I just, um, pretty much what I told her is just how greatly God loves her. And um, she started crying. And I think other people started crying too. And I was a little bit disappointed in myself. I was like, why aren't I crying? <laughs> and so um, after I prayed for her, um, I looked at Ani, and Ani was like, oh, no, before that, 
she's like, after they started talking, they kind of looked at me, and I was like, so, like, what happened? She's like, oh, she wants to accept Christ. And I was just like, <laughs> and in my head, I was like, whoa, was that easy? <laughs> and so that's when I prayed for her, and I gave her a hug, which is like, it was really muggy and hot and sweaty, and I felt bad, and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a tight hugger, and so she kind of like patted me on the back, so I was like, oh, okay, sorry. <sighs> Too close. <laughs> Too personal. So, um, but it was, coming out of that house, it was just like this realization of the Holy Spirit is way stronger than I have ever estimated him to be. Um, so, yeah. Okay, now I'm going to introduce Caleb Geski up. Or are we going to sing? No, we're going to sing this one down. Okay. Here you go. Um, don't look at me like that. Um, hello, my name's Caleb. If you guys didn't know, um, I want to say thank you for you guys who supported us through Belize and all the pain. Um, if you, most of you probably don't know, or if you do, um, I was adopted, and that was one of the things that kind of took me away when we went to Belize. When I was younger, I uh, was, wasn't sure that I was I knew that I was adopted when I was younger, but I didn't realize that until I got older. And then it was just hard for me to see my parents, adopted parents, to be my actual parents, because I love my other parents more until um, I, like, like g getting over it, like knowing things. And then going to Belize, we were doing house visits, what Emily was explaining, where we give away food, we pray for the family. And we, one of the houses down the street from the church was small. It, it had two kids. They had two kids, um, one without pants, and he had eye problems, and the mom and the grandma. And um, the mom accepted Christ, and like that whole room just hit me like a brick. It just reminded me exactly of where I lived, because I didn't have any memory. I knew I had some memory, but it wasn't visual. But it just hit me really hard, and I was trying not to cry. And... Um, and then we got back to the church, and I just started crying because I was trying not to cry. I was telling myself, I'm fine. Like, nothing's, nothing's wrong. Like, and then um, and I just started. It just all came out, and I was like, oh, this is not happening. <laughs> and then Joe tried to come for me. And then Yard, Becky's nephew came and talked to me and prayed over me. He had like a similar experience. He was also adopted. But um, yeah, and then one of the staff members, Dale came over and prayed over me. And I just had a sense of peace over the whole thing after that. I was like, I felt so much better after that. I was like, so happy. And then later that night, I asked Joe if I could be baptized. And, and I was when we went to Kekaka ever since I've had a peace or my um, birth family, knowing that my parents love me 
and they want the best for me. And I just wanted to share that I did see a very visible difference in Caleb when he came out of the water and after baptized. Before he went into the water, he was kind of like anxious and doing this like playing with his hair thing. And <laughs> and then, but as soon as he came out of the water, it was, he had so much peace on his like face. And I was like, it worked. <laughs> but I just, I just want to say that that's not really what I'm talking about because that's stealing his stuff. But so, if you really think about it, we have, a, like, a lot in America. Like, pretty much every family has a car, or two, or three, or, like, yeah. And most people have stable living conditions, like, structurally. It's, so like, stuff like that. But in Belize, very few people have a car, and the houses basically consist of, like, a simple wooden frame with some metal sheet for the walls and a roof. And those are the nice houses. And, but, however, the difference is that the Belizeans are happy. Like, one of the houses that we went to on the food visits was literally some poles in the ground with some scrap wood for the walls. And it had a dirt floor. Like, there wasn't even a wooden floor. It looked like something me and Emmy, my sister, could have made for a fort, but somebody was actually living in it. And, um... Another, but another house we went to had no running water or electricity, but but the lady living there with her kids was just so content, like, because they had less, but they still know Jesus is in control and he was providing for them. Like, they were they were getting running water, like, later that week, but, but she was just so content. And then when we were doing street evangelism, I was handing out a tract to a girl in the back of a truck, and even though it was literally just a tiny, like, scrap of paper, she seemed so happy to actually, like, receive something. And that was just really cool, because I was like, this is just some paper. Why is she so happy about it? <laughs> but, but all these like little things, like going to church or taking a ride in a car and getting a tiny like trinket or something from the store and like running water, I really do think that we take it for granted. Like, but they like 100% appreciate it. Like, they love it so much. And I really want to bring that happiness and contentment and all their kindness back with me and make it a part of my life because it was really cool to see. And it just, I really appreciated seeing all of it. And all the things that I thought were worth being discontented over, like winning a race or getting a PR or earning a good grade, even though those are really cool, they don't matter as much as I thought they did. The Belizeans that we saw know that their worth is in Jesus Christ and in nothing else. My contentment is found in the fact that Jesus loves me and not in anything else. I hope that, Jesus, that Paul's secret becomes mine. In Philippians 4, he says, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can be content if my contentment comes from my relationship with Jesus. And that's all I got. So.
All right, I'm going to make this as quick as possible. But um, you've heard a lot of what what really the trip was all about. Uh, as leaders, we just want um, the participants to experience exactly what they experienced. Um, and that is what makes the trip worthwhile for us leaders. Um, wasn't exactly a leader <laughs> this time. <laughs> um, yeah, God had other plans for me. Um, it, Joe described it as a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. God had a plan. So um, uh, leading up to the trip, well, the first three months, four months of this year, I've been sick with everything known to a middle schooler. So, um, which has been about five different things. The week before the trip, I came down with another thing, which I thought I'd taken off two days and I thought I was okay. But then Friday morning, woke up when, the day we were gonna leave and it was worse and I was like, okay, I'm going. Um, but um, had, had, uh, had had one passport out at home in order to fill on on online forms, the correct passport. And then um, weeks later when we got the notary forms, I'm like, oh, I wanna put these with my passport and my passport was still out. I tried to look for my passport, wasn't where I thought I put it. So I went into our safe, grabbed another passport and put that passport with the notary forms, which I took with me to Oakland. Um, that ended up being the wrong passport. I literally was trying to scan my passport on the machine and it didn't scan and I'd sent the teens over to stand in line. And I'm like, it's just like, wait, going back and forth. How am I gonna tell the teens that? So I finally looked at it after two times of trying to scan it. Never looked at it. It was out on my dresser for a month. Never looked at it. Never looked at it until I got in the airport and finally decided to turn it over and see that it expired in 2019. Um, so went up to the thing, explained it. I knew there wasn't anything she, she could do, but still explained it. And she um, said, of course, there's nothing we can do. Belize is obviously very strict and yeah. Um, so, um, but she said, well, let me do see what I can do for you. And so the next flight out, same flight out the next morning, there was one seat left. She goes, let me grab that seat for you. And I'm like, okay, maybe God still wants me to go. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, so that was the beginning of, of my interesting moment and one that I think Joe and I both felt like, wow, you know, this is the first, we've gone to Belize together every year um, and this, was the first time we were separated, at least for a little bit. Um, but in the weeks preceding that, I've been studying a book that is revolving around abiding in Christ. And um, that week before, when I was trying to get better and laying in bed, it was just all about me and God, sticking, sticking close to God. And that's what it was. You know, I laid in Oakland in a hotel room by myself trying to get better as well and just hanging out with God. For whatever reason, um, it was God's will for that. Um, I flew out the next day. Um, things went well. Um, and then I got, got through most of Monday. I tried to do the songs. If you don't know me, I love doing those songs. I love dancing with the VBS. And I tried to do it that first morning. Started coughing. I'm like, that was not a good idea. So, but I made it through that day and I uh, was able to give my short little message uh, to the young 
to the young, to the youth on Monday night. And it was a lesson that I talked about with my middle schoolers. I do it with my eighth graders every year about the moment of decision in your life where those little choices you make will either make or break your life. And it can totally be destructive or it can totally be, as you guys made those choices this week, it can be a, a really good life-changing moment. And I share the experience with my son where it was not you know, a good life-changing moment for him when he made a certain choice. Um, so that was all good. And this girl that I knew from last year, she had come up to me before and um, had greeted me. And after I gave that talk, she came up and gave me a big hug. And so um, we didn't really talk about it, but um, seeing her again and seeing others again really made this trip worthwhile as well. Um, but it was kind of, ex and the overall experience was abided me. <laughs> I am not in control. God is in control, and he was there with us and um, still piecing together everything um, that he wanted me to learn out of it. But, um, yeah, abiding in Christ. You're not going to do this on your own. Wherever you are, he's with you, um, and that is his mission. So I'll give it to him. All right, I was going to do an audible, and I'll follow through with it then. All right. Um, I'm going to add a little bit to it, though, however. So can you hear me now? All right. Micah Erickson. Yeah. Becky is my wife, <laughs> my boss. So, um, before I get into this, I kind of want to go into some background of who I am. I mean, there's many of you who do not know my background and have heard more about me. So, I was born and raised in Cameroon, Africa. My parents were missionaries overseas. My grandparents were missionaries overseas. My grandparents were the first ones to go to Africa in 1942 during World War II. Traveled across on a boat, were stuck in Portugal for six months, waiting for a captain that was willing to take them across the ocean in World War II, waiting, obviously there's risks. They made it through, started a mission in Cameroon, Africa, where my dad was born, not born, but he was raised, grew up in Africa. His sister died when she was 14 years old, in Africa, a little bit after um, my grandfather had built a hospital, and so even though she received treatment at the hospital, she still passed away. A few years later, uh, my dad went back to the United States, went to high school and college seminary, and ultimately God led him back to Africa, where he became a Bible translator in Cameroon, Africa, about an hour away from where my grandparents were. They went over in 1975. In 1978, my grandparents were murdered on a mission field. Both my grandparents and my aunt are buried in grave sites next to the church that my grandfather helped build. My dad grew up around this. We heard the stories many times as kids. And when we came back to the States, me specifically as a 14-year-old in high school, many of the questions that were always asked to me were, are you going to become a missionary yourself? Your grandfather was a missionary. Your father is going to be a missionary. Are you going to be a missionary? This struck me when I was on the airplane coming back. I have always said, no, I'm not going to be a missionary. That's not what God has led me to do. I'm a sender. I'm not a goer. And on the airplane, I kind of got this nudge. I'm like, man, 
really? This, even though in my mind that's not really being a missionary because I was there for a week, but I did mission work. So it hit me because my kids who got to do it too, my kids are fourth generation missionaries. And so this really struck me because this is a rich heritage that my children are inheriting that I got from my parents and from my grandparents. And it's a huge burden. It's something to stand up to. But it's changed my life because as a result of what we dealt with and what we've seen in Africa, and then now as we saw on this trip, it really refocused something for both Becky and I coming back where God is leading us. And I don't know where exactly where it is, but it has ignited a passion for missions for both of us. And so we don't know if that's something God wants us to do long term, but it's absolutely without a doubt, it's not our last mission trip that we're going to go on. We are going to do more. So some of the highlights from this trip, I will say, um, is watching the youth. I mean, it noticeable difference between you guys from the beginning to the end and then now. Um, and you guys and my, my nephews and my niece, I mean, it's just crazy the growth that we saw. And what really struck me is how you guys are your brothers and sisters. I mean, it's really evident by how you interact with each other and how you enjoy each other's company. And that really struck me coming home, seeing our children around in this kind of environment and then seeing what you saw with other children that have nothing. And that's one of the things that really struck Becky and I about how people can be happy and content with nothing. You think about what we have in the United States. Think about how many times you got in your car and you drove down and you're like, eh, I'm going to stop here for coffee. I'm going to stop here for this. And how much money did you spend doing that frivolous little thing that gave you a momentary sense of pleasure for that little bit of time? And now take that money. Instead of having spent that money on yourself, put that into a jar somewhere and give that to the church or give that to the missions. God takes that and he multiplies that many, many, many times over. And that's something that we as Americans really need to get back to. I think this is something that's been forgotten um, here in the United States because we have so much. We forget how little the rest of the world has. Um, good example is one of the people that we worked with, this guy's name was Rigoberto. The guy makes virtually no money. They, like Becky said, they make $2.50 an hour. Gas costs $7 a gallon. This guy, his only net worth that he has is his little tin shack that he has, which is about the size of one of our bathrooms. He has a motorcycle, a Yamaha 125, and an electric planer. With that, he does some construction work on the side, and then he has a menial job just punching, basically like an accountant in town. He's happier than I am. He's more content than I am. He has far less than I am. This is one of the things that really struck us and me about what you can have, how happy and how content you can be by having literally nothing. And so one of the things that um, we were talking about at the end of the, I'll briefly touch on this. So. I was involved in the construction aspect of this. And one of the things that we were drawn towards was when we saw, you saw the pictures of the church. The church was, I would say it's about a two thirds the size of this sanctuary. That's how big the church itself was. 
It's all plastic chairs that you sit in and some wood, chair, wood benches in the back. Four oscillating fans that keep you cool. It's 96 degrees and 100% humidity. There's no air conditioning. It's hotter than I'll get out, but you look around into that congregation and there's nothing but joy as people are singing and worshiping. They're bringing the joy back into the church and that really struck me and that really hit home to me seeing what, what they had with so little. Right next door to the church, like from here, walking to the other side of the patio here, is where the parsonage is. That's where the pastor and his family lives. They share that little outhouse that you saw that is shared between that pastor and his family and his entire church. There was one bathroom for everyone, and that bathroom's outside the house. And so the family would have to leave if they had to get up and go to the bathroom in the evening or in the nighttime, walk across, Belize has snakes and very poisonous snakes. They walk across the dirt to go use the bathroom. You can imagine what that's like. I saw that in a moment's notice with my brother-in-law and we're like, we need to get this project done. This has to be accomplished while we're here. So we finished the outhouse. We turned the outhouse from a one, a one stall outhouse into a two stall outhouse. And then we were able, as you can see up there, we were able to add on that second or that addition onto the building, which there's a bathroom inside there and there's also a shower inside there. A funny side story to that is we had gone for a lunch or for dinner and I told the pastor before we left, I said, we got this all ready to go, but make sure you don't hook up the water from the street side yet because you, don't, you only have one shutoff valve. And I, and I looked at Ben when we left, I'm like, he's gonna forget. And we come back and sure enough, there's water all over inside there. He had connected and turned it on. One of the valves is still open. Still water everywhere, but he was happy as all get out because when at the end of the day, when we left, they had a toilet in there. So then now they had a toilet that they could use and get up in. And those things, that struck me and I'm glad that we were able to accomplish something like that. And so that was um, really good. One of the verses that really struck me was Luke 14.33. This is a verse that I read before we went out over there, and it's been sticking in my back of my head, and it's one of the things that I want to leave you with as a challenge. The verse says, Luke 14.33, So you cannot become my disciple without giving everything up that you own. Think about that. What are you willing to give up to go serve God? This is one of those things that we as Americans is very difficult to do because we have so much. Just like when Jesus talked to the rich man, he said, well, are you willing to give everything up, sell everything and come follow me? We don't want to do that because we have a lot. So this verse really strikes home to me because it's a difficult passage, but we, cannot, we can take it one step at a time. Depending on where you are in your walk with Christ, remember when I asked if we as Americans would tolerate some of the standards that the Belizeans have, I mean, what's what so little that they have, are you willing to tolerate that? Are you willing to give some things up? So let me th leave you with this thought. What more can you do to make a difference in God's kingdom? So I have an answer for that question. <laughs> Um, we're having a Sacramento meeting after church, which all the people that already signed up are coming. But if, you, if this has moved you in any way and you'd like to come check out what that is in June, please um, come find us. I think we'll be in the cafe. So um, please come. You can just ask questions, whatever. But we still have some openings for that trip. So. Do we have a song? 
It's beautiful. Okay. Well, let's stand then. Heavenly Father, you hmm, are good. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to move in our church, in the individual lives of the people that call this community home and even those outside of this community. Thank you that... Uh, <laughs> Thank you that you, when, when trouble rises, you rise above it. And we don't have to fear the things of this world. We do not have to fear uh, the opinions of other people. We don't have to fear our own inadequacies. Uh, Lord, um, you are more powerful than all of those things. Continue to help us to keep our eyes focused on you, that we would be able to hear your voice and to follow you, and that you would empower us. Even when uh, we're not sure if you're going to show up and do what you need to do, Lord, give us the courage to still step, step in faith and to trust you. And Lord, continue to ignite our hearts for the lost. Lord, may we May we sur surrender more and more of our own perspectives, our own uh, uh, needs and wants, our own wealth, our own relationships, our own future plans. Lord, help us to surrender those things, all of those things, in order to do what you're calling us to, to receive what you have for us and trust that that will indeed bring contentment and true contentment and eternal contentment. So, Lord, continue to work in your place, in your church, in our lives. Lord, continue to call us, continue to give us a heart for the lost, and continue to lead us to those who you're pursuing with the, with the gospel message and with your love. Help us to join you in what you're doing. And this seems fitting to close with Acts 2. And I know we've been preaching on this, and I've shared it several times, but we need to do it again because it's just so evident in what we just saw today. Acts 2, verses 17 and following, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and God bless.